welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Ashford Sunville, and welcome to Innisco Voices by NSN DC Baltimore. We are a group of professionals dedicated to excellence. You will hear and meet many sales professionals from a diverse background. We are a podcast dedicated to sales professionals by sales professionals. You will hear a broad range of topics designed to give you an inside lens into professional sales and access to resources to advance your career. My name is Ashford Somerville. I'll be your host of Interscope Voices. With me today, I have... Hello, this is Jasmine Waring, Chapter President of National Sales Network, DC Baltimore. Fantastic. And just so you guys know, we have multiple platforms for you guys to follow us and engage with us. Please, on our Instagram is NSNDCBalt, NSNDCBalt. And for our LinkedIn, we are National Sales Network, DC Baltimore. And our Facebook as well is NSN DC Baltimore chapter. We've also got Twitter, NSN DC underscore Baltimore, YouTube as well, National Sales Network DC Baltimore. And, you know, if all else fails, just check out our website, salesnetwork.org forward slash DC Baltimore, and you'll be able to find all of those sites. Fantastic. So because the name is NSN DC Baltimore, I think it's nothing more fitting than to have our first podcast as you know, questions about sales, understanding sales. So again, this year I am the host of the podcast and I'm on the leadership board. But before we get into sales, Jasmine, can you tell me a little bit about NSN and the history of the organization um, and what brought you here to this day? Sure. NSN, again, it's National Sales Network, is a a 501c3 nonprofit organization with a mission of advancing careers of sales professionals worldwide. And there's a focus on professional development, but also networking and creating opportunities. And it's just a great opportunity for people to come together and and work together to create an environment where iron sharpens iron. Absolutely. When I say iron sharpens iron, I think that's actually the understatement. I think it. Jasmine's big emphasis this year, and I feel there's always been the tone here at the organization, has always been about excellence. And I believe enthusiasm and character and camaraderie truly makes the cream rise to the top. And that's generally where we are and where we want to go. So the year being 2020, our vision is very clear on what we want to accomplish. So we're going to head and switch gears and get right into the topic. Today, we're talking about sales, 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 sales. What do you know about sales? What are sales? Who does sales? What exactly is sales? So the first question I have for you, Ms. Jasmine, is, you know, tell me the first time you learned about sales. You know, Ashford, when you say that, I can think way back to being a kid and knowing that my dad, realizing as an adult that my dad was in sales pretty much my whole life. But all I knew at that time was he had a big, ugly work truck. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, when I really got to experience sales for sure was when my mom became a Mary Kay consultant. And what's funny is she's an accountant by by profession, but she started selling Mary Kay to help pay to help put us through college. Because as an accountant, she made too much to get the financial aid that we needed, but not enough to put her twin daughters through college. And so when I saw her start to sell Mary Kay, I saw the choices that sales gave her and gave our family and the opportunities that it created. And I fell in love with sales ever since. Now, when you say Mary Kay, uh, for those who are not aware, Mary Kay is a, um, I don't know the history of Mary Kay, but I experienced it and I'm a male. But nonetheless, um, Mary Kay has been around for many years. I'm not sure how far it goes back, but I knew a lot of, uh, I, I, and I don't mean to offend you when I say this, but I, I just knew a lot of 
entrepreneurial women. Before the, even the word entrepreneurial women was out, it was just women having businesses. And that was one of the main things, you know, there was Tupperware, but Mary Kay was standard, like the makeup line, yeah. um, the facial cleaner, so on and so forth. So skincare, which is big, but yeah, I, I really like that. Uh, with Mary Kay, did your mom have the like the pink Cadillac that everybody <laughs> had? <laughs> was that something that she had? What's funny is she didn't have the pink Cadillac. She did earn a car. Oh, earn a car, sorry. She did earn a car. It wasn't the Cadillac. I think at that time it was a Grand Am. Wow. And what's funny is because of what I saw her be able to do, I also decided to join Mary Kay as well. Okay. And I did earn the Cadillac. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> and because I was so young, I actually chose the cash option and got a, a white Cadillac Escalade and put pink caddy on the license plate. Funny. <laughs> but yes, the letters. reason I did that, though, is to kind of put a stamp on the fact that it creates choices. Sales creates choices for for anybody who's willing to be involved in it. And that was a prime example because at, at that time, I just the big old pasty pink Cadillac was just not it, even though they considered it to be yeah. a trophy on wheels. For me, that wasn't a good fit, but I really did appreciate the choices and opportunity that it created for me. And I fell in love with that ever since. No, the, I appreciate that story. Uh, for me, uh, sales for me is has always been the exchange of goods and services. Mm -hmm. And I can kind of go in depth into that. But before I do, I want to just first go ahead and just read the Google definition of sales. Sales is a noun. It's the exchange of a commodity for, for money. The action of selling something. Sorry, the action of selling something. So um, that's the Google definition of sales. But for me, when I came to looking at sales, I really looked about relationship and exchange of goods and services. So my family is originally here, migrated here from West Africa. And part of our culture has always been about bartering and getting goods and services. So it was something I just always saw. Uh, my mom you know, negotiated a lot. My father negotiated a lot. There was just something we did. But I also knew a lot about hard work. And I just never knew sales as a profession. I just thought it was just something you did on a day-to-day -day basis. So for me, as we go into our next topic, uh, my next question actually for you is uh, what was your first sales job? Um, I can start off by mine first. Mine was actually selling um, newspapers uh, to a neighborhood and trying to upsell it by having them buy a prescription to our Sunday paper. And I didn't realize how much of a sales I needed initially. It was just more or less, you know, they gave us a, a, like stacks of papers. We had to fold them and deliver them. Then they said, hey, if you can get people to subscribe to our Sunday paper, you know, we'll pay you X amount of dollars. And I just never put the two and two together. We were already out there. We we're already passing the papers. Now, instead, instead of them getting the paper once a week, um, during the weekdays, they'll also get one on a Sunday. And that was, I think it was like the Washington Post or some paper. I can't remember that. But that was my first experience of sales. Okay. You know, and it's funny you say that because I had a paper route as well. Really? But the difference was I was just performing the service of delivering the papers yeah. and didn't have the opportunity or wasn't presented the opportunity to actually sell it. But I bet you made a lot more than I yeah. did yeah. <laughs> because that's the thing. It's that connection and that transfer of goods and services. And so for me, my first sales job job was copier sales right out of college. Um, and, you know, that was a job that was it was challenging. It pushed me. Um, it helped me to develop thick skin because it was during 9-11. I don't know if our listeners remember or around. I guess, yeah, you yeah. guys were around during that time. But 9-11 was a very difficult time, and my territory was North Jersey. So I was going into offices with signs up that said no soliciting. They were dealing with huge, huge challenges at that time. But it helped me to remember that 
It's a transfer of goods and services. Many people, even during difficult times, they still need what they need to continue to do what they do. And so it gave me a sense of pride, even though it also developed some thick skin. But yeah. at that time, it was copiers with Icon Office Solutions. Wow. Wow. And the copiers. And I, I'm not sure if anybody knows this, but pretty much every office building has no soliciting on oh, it yeah. or even business. So <laughs> one of the best lessons I learned from my first sales manager, that's, that's actually a welcome sign. So when somebody says no soliciting, uh, and you mentioned too this, uh, Jasmine. We'll go in depth into about the thick skin, thick skin. But it's pretty much say, welcome and come here and sell business. I think the main thing about sales, and we'll get into, is pretty much learning to ask for the sales and making your way. Um, a lot of times you're in those positions, but you're just not aware of the sales process. But once you understand sales, in which our job is to present this to you in this podcast, you actually be more prone to identify buying 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 motives and asking for sales so that's really good that you mentioned before mm-hmm. where you were in the jersey that the social climate at the time or the emotional climate at the time and what you did so i applaud you on that i didn't know you had copy sales background so that's interesting to know mm-hmm. good like this podcast has a diverse background all right moving on to the next question why did you want to be in sales or why did you want to do sales as a career i mean out of college you went into sales why did you decide this yeah career path. um i remember when i was in college my um first first semester econ 101 and my professor put up on the board economics and she just asked what is the definition of economics and there was silence for probably a good couple of minutes and she answered and said it's the transfer of goods and services And that stuck with me because I, you know, as an 18 year old, I didn't know a whole lot about the economy at that time or economics at the time. But I knew that I heard on the news all the time talk of the economy. And so what I said, what I realized then was if if the transfer of goods and services is really what the economy is all about, that's sales. And I said, you know what? I want to be a part of that because that is clearly important <laughs> and makes the world go round. And I didn't know exactly exactly what type of sales I wanted to do, but I knew that it was a very important part of business and life and it, it made the world go round. And so I decided then that it made sense. I enjoyed my time in Mary Kay, but I hadn't made a true decision that I wanted to make a career out of it. But then once really seeing that it's all tied together and it fuels our economy. I said, you know what? It's not just fun. It doesn't just buy choices for me, but it also makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was many moons ago <laughs> when yeah. I was 18 years old. What's the old adage? If it, if it makes dollars, it makes sense, exactly. right? Exactly. Perfect. No, and I, and I agree with that. For me, uh, mine was a little different. I, I heard about sales. My brother was doing sales. I have other uncles and um, other parents or family members that were involved in sales. I just couldn't put the, uh, I couldn't conceptualize it about what sales was to see if I was a good fit. Mm -hmm. Despite my athletic background, I didn't think, okay, I'll be in sales. I expected to do, maybe, well, let me rephrase it. I knew, I didn't know the distinction between sales and marketing or advertising. Mm -hmm. I knew of all these titles, but I had this connotation with sales as, like we all have, I think we all had at some point, like the car salesman. Mm-hmm. But I asked you, I asked me, we were our recent, most recent panel we had, there was a similar question asked about, you know, how many people in the room here drive cars? And I think unanimously it was 99% of the room, maybe yeah. one or two people. So despite us having this notion of, oh, car salesmen, they're going to try to sell me here, this and that. But at the end of the day, we need it is a resource, is a commodity. And it's something that makes the world go around. I think everybody, we're in a society where people do need um, to have a car. 
for me, my first uh, experience with sales was actually my first job at a uh, Fortune 500 company fresh out of school. And one of the things I recognized within probably like less than a month being there were all the salespeople seemed to have nicer cars and seemed to have this different bravado about them of how they walked in. Despite the operational side, which I was on initially doing the management training program, the salespeople just had a different bravado about them. And I was like, you know what? I kind of like that. And I think very much my athletic background drew me to that, not saying they were the cool kids, but I just felt kind of, yeah. <laughs> but I just kind of felt like, hey, what are they doing? They get to leave, they come and do what they want, they maybe the cool get twice So all of a sudden, I'm like, okay. But I also realized by talking to them and asking them questions, we will get into a lot mm-hmm. was all is a lot of work. Yeah. But you got to be made for it. So that was my first experience about sales. And then secondly, was my first interview with a sales company where we actually went into uh, a, re- a major retailer. And he was pretty much saying, hey, every single product on this shelf was sold by a salesperson. And that's when it clicked to me. I'm like, wow, so you're just selling this product compared to a competitor of that product. It was pretty much baby formula. And, you know, I, I don't have children. So it was Infamil and uh, Similac, Similac, I think, were the yeah. two. But it was pretty much market share. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I sell these products. I talk to these doctors to influence the path my shelf space. And I'm paid off whatever the dividends or the breakdown in the market share was. So that was my first experience in the sales. And it kind of just opened my eyes. Um, thank you very much for that comment. Moving on. Uh, we do have upcoming events. I mentioned briefly about our panel. One of the major things about NSN is we're all about engaging and giving you access. So this podcast is another opportunity for you, our listeners, to understand what's going on, what we're talking about. We will be presenting a lot of our topics that we have in our panels or our in-person meetings also on this podcast. So this is another platform, another segue for you to go. In addition to that, um, we will be talking next about, you know, what is the sales process? You know, we mentioned that briefly about asking questions. But for you, uh, Ms. Preston, can you tell me what is the sales process that you use? Or what is sales, what is the sales process in general? So I'm glad you asked that because I think that there can be a, pre- a preconceived notion that they're, that salespeople are just um, full of it or, or mm-hmm. they are they have a gift of gab yep. or they have smooth tongues and actually <laughs> maybe they do but more often they're they're um, following a process like whatever you're selling anybody in professional sales there's a method to the madness Preach. or a sales model that they're following and the good ones don't make you feel like they're following something methodical but they are if they're any if they're worth their weight mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it really does depend on what you're selling if you're selling a product or are you serving a service or solution and so a couple examples are if it's a product I mean either way no matter what it is you want to take some time to develop your approach and that means some some legwork before you even go in the door and prepping and planning and researching what you're going to do. Asking questions, of course, because you want to make sure that you're on the same page with the person that you're talking to and understand what their needs are. And then if it's a product, you can go into demonstrating the benefits, the features, and the benefits of your product. Validate it, meaning asking questions to make sure that they're jiving with you. Negotiate, meaning overcome any objections that may come up, and then ask for the business or close. You know, with a product sale, it's pretty straightforward like that. But if it's a solution or a service, it's not so simple because it's not so much just about the features and the benefits of the product. But that's when questioning, like Mm -hmm. multi-level questionings, really, really come into play. And with the solution, yeah, you want to make sure you understand their situation, but finding their pain point, their personal or their business pain point is critical, like more so than anything else, because it's more about them than it is about that specific product. And make sure you can empathize with it and then talk to them without the 
the impact that your offering can have. And then the pitch of, of whatever it is that you're offering is really just a small part of the conversation. And probably 80, 90% of it is, is uncovering and making sure you understand their pain and showing how you can impact that in a positive way. Wow, that's our president. That's the innocent DC, Washington, DC, Baltimore chapter president, Ms. Jasmine. Um, no, thank you. I think that's perfect. I couldn't explain that anymore. I don't feel I can add anything into that. I think that answers the questions pro- perfectly. Uh, thank you for that answer. Sure. Next one we do have is what what does the art of sales mean to you? I know you mentioned before the gift of gab, a slip talker, a features benefit. What is truly the art of sales? And I'll kind of fit, fit in a little bit after you give me your answer. What is the art yeah, of sales? That's a that's a good question. And I'm glad that you call it the art of sales. And so, you know, I feel like it can be kind of a give and take, like a tennis match or like a dance where you're partnering mm-hmm. with whoever it is that you're in communication with or who you're selling to, but it's never one-sided. It's always about a give and take and a balance. And the beauty of sales and a true win in sales is when you're able to come to a mutual win, meaning that that transaction or that purchase is something that they are happy about and you're happy about. So it's really about mirroring or kind of working together to find the common common good and make that transaction. So it's very much an art. Think of it like a dance or a tennis mm-hmm. match for sure. Yeah. And with that, um, with that, as well as like you mentioned, the, the dance or match, I actually tell people it's like dating, you mm-hmm. know, uh, sales is no longer no different than listening and knowing what you want and going after what you want. And I say that to the extent of, you know, sales and dating is the one thing I'm very, very cognitive of is people's time. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you can intrigue somebody for 30 seconds, a minute, a minute and a half. But for them to continue on and engage in the conversation, you truly have to be exchanging some goods or value. And like some people say, some some people have saying growing up, you have to get the gab. You can just talk to whoever. Agreed. But you, can you be interesting? Can you be engaging? Can you inform them? Can you give them something? Uh, one of the best acronyms I learned in my early sales process, and we'll go through this too, is with them. You know, what's in it for them? Right. Nobody wants to just hear blah, 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 Asher, 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 Asher. After a while, I was like, okay, are you all about yourself? And that's the thing. So when you're in sales, even for me, I appreciate when I have a great sales experience with somebody. I'm like, yo, that was great customer service. That was really good. You sold me on that process. So for me, the art of sales means just having the ability to listen and truly understand that dance with the the consumer or the the end user, uh, understanding, hey, my time is here, and this is what I have to do. Now, the backside of that is, as I mentioned earlier, the athletic side. Most salespeople are often successful being unsuccessful. So I want to make sure that's very clear for a lot of our listeners. Most salespeople, maybe you can add to this, Jasmine, are successful being unsuccessful being successful. And when I say that is you're going to have to go through so many no's. I don't want to hear it. I don't want it. It's too expensive. Get out of here. Stop coming back. We don't want it. Before you finally get that first yes, then you're like, oh, what did I do that was that got me that first yes? And you may do that same exact process and be methodical about it word for word. And you go to a completely different person. It's like, nope. Get out of here. I don't want it. So can you speak a little bit about um, the art of sales and understanding the, I guess, the rejection of sales? Sure. Yeah. You speak of being successful, being unsuccessful. And I've never heard that, but you're absolutely spot on with the fact that 
rejection is a part of it. And it speaks to a common mindset in sales that they're very much, they're comfortable with the fact that the answer will be no oftentimes. But with the with that mindset, they rec- they also recognize that no means not right now. Yeah. You know, and that's that's definitely a paradigm shift from the average person's mindset. And that's why I believe it takes a very special person to do sales because people most people can learn a process, but that mindset, that inner confidence and in knowing that no means not right now, or I, I'm gonna try again, or you know, that many sales aren't made until the seventh or eighth attempt. Mm-hmm. A lot, mo- probably <laughs> 90 plus percent of people are not even close to willing to do something like yeah. that. That's like yeah. a baseball player. I, I'm not sure. I, I didn't play baseball. Um, I was a football player, but I think baseball player, like a batting average is three, 300 is considered like a hall of famer, yeah. an all-star. That means three out of 10 times you're at bat, you hit the ball. That means, doesn't mean you, um, have a home run right. or you hit two bases, that just means the ball makes contact with the bat. Wow. That means you are elite of the elite. Wow. You know, so when people are like, my batting average is, you know, 310 or three, whatever, that's over the 300 percentile. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, how are you figuring out? And that's kind of like the mindset you go yeah. to women's sales. Like, listen, you're going to go up here and I learned this too. You're going to get 29 no's. I think this stat was at the time. Mm-hmm. 29 no's before you get your first yes. So wow. it became literally a game to me. Like, let me just get over these 10 no's because I know I'm three or six more or 10 more no's away from my final yes. And once yeah. you get your yes, then you get on that momentum. Yeah. So that's definitely cool. Uh, one of the things I want to mention too is we have a lot of topics we're going to be covering. I know we're covering the broad topic of sales in general. We're going to go into the intro we're going to have a t- uh, podcast on just the introduction of sales. We're going to have a podcast on interviewing. We're going to have a podcast about leadership. We have a podcast about closing. So we do definitely want you guys to subscribe and tune in. Our um, subscriber to subscribe to our podcast is on our all our social media platforms. You can definitely go to Anchor. And our podcast name is Interscope Voices by NSN DC Baltimore. So make sure you please, please, please check it out, subscribe, share, and for our listeners, for us to provide more content. And we'll also provide the platform for you as the listeners to ask questions, engage. We want it to be very engaging. So we want to make sure you guys are aware of all these different options to contact the exec board and for us to provide a resource for you. With that being said, this is the... First podcast, but one of the things we want to kind of point out are some key figures. So for people who are listening in, we want you to kind of write some things down or get leave some have some takeaways. And that's another reason of the sales process for you guys to understand. Um, Jasmine, I always like to ask the interviewer, you know, what are some takeaways you feel would be great that a person in sales, just getting in sales, wanting to get in sales, or been in sales, do would be great. And if you could list, uh, do you have um, the top five things that you think a sales professional needs that will make them stand out from the pack or that will make sure they consistently improve on? What would you say will be the top five things? Or it doesn't have to be top five. I have my top five. But what are your things that you feel, uh, top things, habits you think that would set you apart as a sales professional? Okay. Well, the first thing, of course, is to join NSN DC Baltimore. Absolutely. You cannot do that <laughs> without us. That's just that what we're talking about here is is filling in the gaps and continuing to give you um, more information or, or tips. But joining NSN DC Baltimore by going to salesnetwork.org 
forward slash membership is going to get is going to connect you with the environment that continues to feed you and give you value to help you to continue to be your best in what you do. Because what we're creating is an environment of excellence. But if you ask me the top five things uh, to be successful in sales, I think for sure is a willingness to put in the work, mm -hmm. meaning prep, plan. Um, don't ever show up anywhere just to fly off the seat of your pants. So number one is preparation. Number two is listening skills. Listen more than you talk. So ask the right questions. Make sure you're listening before listening much more than you talk. Uh, number three, understand their pain. You know, no matter what you're selling, you've got to find a need so that you can so that you can position whatever you're offering to fill that need. Um, so, and make sure that you keep going until you understand, just so you're selling in the right direction. Number four is putting in the work. You got to work. Salespeople work harder than most, um, so don't get it twisted. Definitely hard work. And number five is a mindset, a mindset, a confidence, and a willingness to quote unquote fail your way to success. John, no, that's perfect. So let me just make sure I got this. So you, your top six for <laughs> uh, for uh, habits to be successful in sales is first join our organization, our fantastic organization, which is uh, NSN DC Baltimore. Yep. Number two is to definitely work and plan or preparation. Yep. So understanding that you have to plan what's the um, the old adage. I have all these sayings that coaches and people have told me before. If you don't plan to fail, you plan to succeed. If you plan to succeed, you, uh, you will plan. If you don't plan to fail, sorry, if you don't plan, you will fail. If you plan to succeed you will plan right i so, remember it if you don't plan to succeed you plan to fail there you go sorry i couldn't get it right but it stuck with me enough to know that hey if you don't prep things ain't gonna go right, right. um number two you mentioned and this is another one i have an adage too my coach or my parents in life is like you have two ears and one mouth for a reason yeah. so listening twice as much as you talk and i've learned that too in the sales process that if my person i'm selling to they're talking they're giving me tons of ammunition to mm -hmm. use for them as long as I'm cognitive and paying attention to what they're saying. Oh, you know, put the whole concept of our features and benefits. Let's say you go into a car dealership. This person says, I have a family. I have a family. You're not a good salesperson if you're going to try to sell them a two-door car. Exactly. Because you're looking at, like, how is this person's family going to get in and out of this vehicle? Right. You so, listening. Yeah, exactly. So you're more listening. Number two is understanding the pain point, as you mentioned. Um understand the customer's needs we're going to just use the example of car because that's just the most practical one but you know you're going into a car dealership somebody says i have a newborn you got to put a child seat in here how much easier is it going to be to put a child seat in a four-door or suv compared to a two-door cooper convertible right. so that's going to be number that's going to be obvious and number four work put in the work i think a lot of people are are allured by the glamour of sales the end end portion of sales where you just see the person down the awards and all the money but you don't really see all the hard work that goes into it, the preparation, the dedication. Yeah. I think you just got to know that you're willing to work hard. Right. And then last but not least is having the ability to, as you mentioned, to execute and ask for the sale and have the right mindset. Mm -hmm. So just going in and knowing that, you know, you're listening to the buying motives, you understand what they need, and you just close the sale and ask for the business, ask for the business and move forward. But I think that's the most important part, having that, ability to address and ask for sales. A lot of great salespeople have told me the difference between great salespeople and good salespeople are the ones who seize the opportunity and move forward. And I think that was my problem for a while too, where I didn't want to ruffle the wrong feathers and come off too aggressive, mm -hmm. but it's also being assertive. Yeah, and there's that fine line. Exactly. For, it, for sure. Yep. So as you guys know, so those are the top five that, uh, top six, we should say, <laughs> that we want you as the listeners to understand what we present and what we provide. So 
please, please, please come out to our events. We have upcoming events every month. Uh, we always, Jasmine, I think you can speak more in depth into this sure. about our um, upcoming events. Sure. Our website, again, where you can find these is salesnetwork.org forward slash DC Baltimore. Check out our events tab. We have a new member meetup once a month, usually during the second week of the month, where our goal is just to meet you and understand who you are, what your goals are, and what we can help you to achieve. We also have a planned event, usually the last week of the month, that's focused on professional development, where we're helping to inject skill skills that help you to be better at at what you do on a daily basis or create networking opportunities to connect you with some of the possible dream companies that you may want to work with. So definitely stay connected. Join us and stay connected. Definitely, definitely. That's very huge. Another way you can definitely join us and stay connected is by following us on all social media platforms. First, again, with our Instagram, which is NSNDCBalt, NSNDCBalt. That's our Instagram handle. For our LinkedIn is National Sales Network, DC Baltimore. Again, for our LinkedIn is National Sales Network, DC Baltimore, and our Facebook is NSN DC Baltimore Chapter. Again, our Facebook is NSN DC Baltimore Chapter. And that's going to wrap it up for our first episode in regards to so Jasmine, we're in our present. Thank you so much for coming out and experiencing this. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Stay tuned.